phrase. Like, you just didn't see me faffing around buying an executive Zoom subscription so that I can do this properly because I was terrified of like not being able to re- not being able to record it. Huxley was barking and it was like Oh my god, brilliant. I love how untech savvy you are. I always forget that. Yeah, no, I totally am. So thanks for trusting me with this, Katie. So I'm presuming I mean it is record I know it's recording. It said it was when I just joined, so Perfect. Yeah, it says it's recording. Yeah, yeah. Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us today. So grab a coffee or a tea. In your favourite mug. Let's get settled down and begin this week's conversation. I don't feel like inspired to write what's going on. It just doesn't flow. I just <laughs> I don't have the patience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just thought, look, I want to have some kind of a record of what I'm going through yep so let's just try talking about it and okay. just see see what comes of it you know I just told my mom I'm going to do I'm going to do my audio recording now with Claire she goes well I might like to write a blog mum's perspective it's like yeah of course it's all about mummy and um <laughs> I'm sure when the time comes, we'll bring you in to, to do some chat as well, if that feels right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's entirely your call. That's entirely, that's entirely your call. Um, so I guess you've, you've answered what one of my main questions was, is why do you, yeah, why did you want to do this? Because you want to have a record of, of what you're going through. You know, it's funny because you always hear people who have go through big life challenges and they say, you know, I want this to be a warning to other people. I want other people to not go through what I went through. and um, I guess I'll figure out if that is a part of it. I was going to say, like, yeah, exactly. That's, I think, maybe what people are, like, you know, you want to, yeah, send up a flag for somebody or or not. You just want a record of this for you. So I was going to do the basics of, like, so um, just for the benefit of the tape, what is your name? How old are you? And how would you describe yourself? My name's Katie Phillips. I'm 43. And how would I describe myself? Oh, God. Um, well, I run my own business. I'm fairly newly married and I'm like planning for for a long life ahead. Yeah. Right? And um, planning for family and, you know, planning to have a good good life ahead. So I think, yeah, that's maybe how I describe myself, a positive person, an optimistic person. Got some resources there that I'd definitely be tapping into. Yeah, you're an incredibly optimistic and positive person. You always have been in all areas of your life. You've got incredible drive and grit and determination. Um, and and how are you feeling today? Like I, I, yeah. Where are you at with your 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 news and your your diagnosis? And yeah, where are you at with it all? So weirdly, the last few days, for some reason, on Monday. I woke up feeling a bit more positive. I've kind of been in like a bit of a two-week hazy, foggy nightmare, really, of just a lot of unknowns and a lot of uncertainties and kind of playing out a lot of um, cancer movies and cancer TV shows, you know, all this dramatisation of what, you know, cancer means and what having a diagnosis feels like. And I kind of was like, right, no, hang on let's actually just get perspective on what my version of this is, not what, you know, is written or sung about. 
Um, and I don't know why. Monday, I just felt a bit of a positive shift. And I just thought, you know, if I'm not radiating positivity and, you know, then I can't expect the people around me to. And I've got to lead the way. And I said to Dinch, my husband, I need you to be on the same page because anything else will affect the frequency of my thought process. And I can't have that. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so the last few days, I've felt this slight shift. But, you know, you have to work hard at it because yeah. you can easily go down a path of what's this going to be like? What's it going to feel like? What's it going to look like? You know, and I think that just is, it's very hard to kind of, like if you go down a negative path or a rational path or that thought process, you can easily convince yourself that that's what's really going on. That's how things are really going to play out. Yeah. You can sort of see things going down dark route and then you've just got to go, no, that's just very separate to what's really happening. And I've got to just bring myself back. What I found today weirdly was like speaking to people. I spoke to two clients. I told them, spoke to a friend who I hadn't spoken to before and I felt quite exhausted from it actually so I thought oh am I going to be all right tonight to speak but then I thought yeah this is a different kind of setup um just because it's exhausting having to like explain it and say what's and say what's wrong and like hold space for them to respond to you and just a exactly. repetition of it yeah exactly and that's you know this isn't that's the interesting thing about it it's like what you realise when you get responses from people that here you've got cancer, you know, and I don't know exactly what people are hearing either, um, is there is a projection of their experience of what cancer is. Yeah. And so all sorts of people come out of the woodwork that I kind of think, wow, like, of course their intention is so good, but it's just so un- unusual to hear from them. Then it all feels very morbid. Yeah, yeah. Why are these people that I don't really have that much of a connection to? Why are they getting in touch? Something I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting, yeah, to kind of have a sense of mm, this is like other people bring stuff with them, and it's not necessarily your stuff and your way of dealing with it. Yeah, and your outlook and your perspective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's got to be very boundaried. That's the other thing I realised. You've got to just really hold that space and not let that infuse into, you know, the mindset. Yeah. And how are you keeping yourself, how are you keeping yourself steady in that kind of way? How are you, how are you sort of protecting yourself energetically? Um, I found a great meditation today, which is specifically for people with cancer. It's actually people going through treatment, which is really visualizing your good cells working yeah. and fighting out the bad cells. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I said to one of my clients today, it's like COVID and IVF are like a dress rehearsal because COVID like taught us all how to deal with some something in an instant, slow down rethink how we do things with our lives in our daily lives Mm. and feel this sense of what's important you know and it's the same thing that comes up when you get this sort of news um you know and just kind of wanting almost just wishing that I was in a mundane boring life do you know what I mean because that's better than this yeah And then the IVF journey that I've been on in the last year, you know, just the ups and downs and not knowing what's ahead. Yeah. 
is another, I think, element of kind of preparing me in some weird way for this. When did you find out? Sorry if this is over. If this is hashing things you've talked about today, no, I think it's important. But but, but yeah. because I don't, I don't, I don't know the exact timeline. Your so, time. I mean, going back to like basically symptoms, which was that I have had a cough for about four months, and that all started when I had building works and renovations done in my house. Yeah, and so I was always feeling that this cough was a result of dust and work, you know, having work done in the house that I was living in. And I just thought, it's just a cough, it's just a cough. And, you know, over time, this cough wasn't going away. And then I got a lump on the side of my neck appear at Christmas time and um, was told, actually, that's just a lymph node. Um, Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Um, By a family doctor member of my family his doctor and about four or five weeks later that lymph node had grown and the cough was still there at which point my husband went absolutely anyway I arranged to see a chest specialist and I went to see him about three weeks ago and at the end that was at the end very end of January or very beginning of February and he sort of straight away got me a load of tests lined up And he thought it was what's called sarcoidosis, which is some kind of chest lung infection that kind of clears itself up. But when I went to have a biopsy, um, the radiologist who does an ultrasound to have a look at everything before he takes a biopsy with a fine needle, straight away he said, this actually, to me, he said, I can see you've got an abnormal thyroid so I, he took a bit of biopsy from the thyroid. He took a bit of biopsy from the lump of my neck. And I had, other, I had a CT scan as well. And when was, when was this? Was this? So this all happened about three weeks ago. Okay. These tests, yeah. Right. Okay. And as soon as um, the results started coming in, the chest doctor I'd seen said, I'm referring you to an ENT specialist. And he does actually specialise in thyroid disease you need to go and see him because this isn't, we're not really talking about a chest issue, but I, I still said to him, but I've got a cough. What are we doing about the cough? Mm. I went to see this ENT specialist who had all my results and I was on my own. Dinch was working in Madrid. And he, he just basically said to me, you know, what we can see is this is malignant. Sorry. Can you explain to me what that means? And he said, cancer. God. And then you're trying to hold it together. Like, I don't what the fuck. And then um, he said, it, it, it's pretty complicated because I think they're trying to match these two biopsies with the lymph node, with the swollen lymph node connected to the thyroid and mm-hmm. whatever else showed up in the scan. Um, and he said, let, oh, he said, let me worry about it. Don't you worry about it, which I thought was <laughs> very sweet, but not really very realistic. <laughs> Um, you know, I've got to do some figuring out and I need to meet with my other colleagues and really talk this through and try and figure out what we've got to do further to understand what's going on with you. So that was the first thing, you know, I mean, he said to me, thyroid cancer, if that's what this is, is very treatable. Yeah. And, you know, we treat it with surgery, we treat it with radioactivity and it's very treatable and we don't talk about, um, like um, life expectancy. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, great. I'm very assured here. And what I was trying to resist was like feeling around my neck, 
feeling for other things, googling yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I felt something in my shoulder was that cancer related, you know, suddenly everything's you're on really high alert. Yeah, yeah. And um, my husband came back the next day, and that kind of made it much more real. Um, and then I was told I would have a load of other tests. Um, and that was last week. So I went to have um, an MRI scan where you just go in a very, very loud machine and they put headphones on and I'm just listening to Radio 2, you know, just like a normal morning. <laughs> um, and then you have a PET CT scan where they inject a radioactive dye into you that comes in a syringe that's um, covered in lead, which is like this heavy weight she literally let me hold it. It's like this heavy weight. It <laughs> you. you lie there for an hour. <clears throat> so I was just breathing and relaxing. And then you go into a machine, more, more sort of scanning and pictures. Yeah. Then the next morning, um, I'll just be really frank. I literally had like a butcher job done on my neck. It was probably one of the most traumatic things where they took a core biopsy. So they they actually go much deeper into the thyroid and then a different lymph node on my neck. Um, and they kind of, they literally like plunge it with a syringe like five times in these places. Sorry to be graphic. No, 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 no. So like, are you under anesthetic at this point? Are you under anesthetic? But to be honest, I could feel the anesthetic dripping down my neck. So I wasn't convinced it was really working and I could feel some some of the, um, procedure and I said to her I think I need more local anesthetic so sorry yeah for no 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 thickness of that but it was, did they give you did they give you more or did they give you more maybe more so they, you know, they more or less numb the area but you know you can feel things happening sorry yeah. so great no no not great it's not great that was pretty rough actually because you know then they put these dressing on it and there was loads of blood and um I just felt you know, I just, it, it's like you're trying to balance, yeah, you know, physically it takes its toll, but it's emotionally, you know, the power of yeah. your feeling emotionally, it's very, very dark. You know, I'm suddenly waking up in the morning remembering like I've got cancer and I don't even know what this definitely is. And I don't really know what this journey is going to be like. I don't know what my treatment plan is. I don't know who the right oncologist is for me because the thing is that they saw stuff in the lungs. Yeah. So, you know, they're not just dealing with head and neck. They are dealing with lungs and chest. And um, after I had these procedures, I then went back a few days later to have what's called an EBUS and a bronchoscopy where they sedate you. I, was, I said, after that, butchering. Get it out. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, she was like, loads of it. Loads of it. So they put me to sleep and they put a camera down my trachea and they take a bit of biopsy from what's there um and then coming around from that you know I mean I was coughing I was coughing so bad my husband was in the reception he could hear me he was like messaging me like I can hear and then um we saw the doctor again that evening and he he basically was like it all felt a bit more serious yeah that appointment because he was still trying to piece everything together the lung and the thyroid, like what was going on? Is it two separate cancers? Is it the same? Where did it start? Um, is, you know, is this curable? Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, you know, he wasn't saying it's curable. He was saying it's treatable. Gosh. And I was trying to think, okay, people live with cancer. 
maybe that's going to be my story. I'm going to be one of those people that runs the marathon that says on. on <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Running with cancer. I mean, you know, maybe you're, you're thinking about doing a marathon as well. I love that as well. So, you know, there's no stopping you, Katie. There's no it's stopping on my bucket list, but I've always put it off. I thought I could put it off my whole life. Um, I'll cheer you on. I'll cheer you on. I won't offer to run with you. I'll cheer you on. Thank you. Um, um, and then the other thing, you know, that they kept talking about is, like, oh, we'll get you a clinical nurse. You really need, you know, you'll need a clinical nurse. And, and it's funny because, again, going back to my... What's a clinical nurse? What's a clinical nurse? So a clinical nurse basically holds your hand through everything. So they are a point of contact that will, you know, just kind of connect all the dots. They are there to, you know, when I had this core biopsy, I called her and I said it's bleeding a lot, you know, and she could give yeah, me reassurance about it. So she's really that point of contact who is across everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor was saying, you know, that he is at the UCLH. And I was thinking, oh, they're a very good place. You know, I know that they're a very well-known hospital dealing with this sort of thing. Um, but the anxiety builds because they're all they're all dealing with it and they're acting so quickly and they're taking it so seriously. So again, going back to my, you know, my issues around like doctors only reacting when they really need to, but it's like, yeah, they are reacting and that's a good thing. And they're taking it seriously. Yeah. But kind of, again, it's a bit kind of freaky that, Oh God. Right. Yeah. They're getting on with it. So they have got on with it pretty quickly. But in that meeting with the doctor, it was quite tough because, you know, he was just very honest and he just said, look, we're still not exactly sure what's going on. I don't have the results of the lung biopsy yet. So I can't tell you what that's about. You know, we're still looking at the results. Would you like to see your PET CT scan? (laughs) So I said, I don't really want to see it. And Dinch said, I think we should see it. So he then shows all these pictures of basically all of these lymph nodes that are up, are up red and orange and they they're what's reacted to this radioactive dye mm. um and there's loads of them I mean like they scan you all the, I mean there's loads of them around my neck my chest area I mean there's just uh, you know I literally felt like I'm riddled with cancer that is honestly what I felt looking at that picture but like, I really wish you hadn't shown this to me this is not this is not this is it's not a helpful. funny thing because it's like you know they send you a letter after each call and it's like this funny thing and if I read it if I engage too much with it, it makes it not even more real, but like you're forced to digest it. And I, I don't know for you, but I know when I've been in medical situations and, and you're in shock, so you can't, you can't absorb it. You can't Definite shock. 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 Very surreal. Is this really happening to me? How can this be happening? I mean, the other context is like, you know, I'm fit and healthy. I'm 43. I take care of myself. Yeah. January, I spent the first two weeks doing yoga pretty much every day going to a class. I walk, you know, a lot every day with my dog. Yeah. I do training with weights. I eat really healthy. I'm in bed at 10 o'clock. I hardly drink. Um, You know, I've got my supplements for my fertility that I've been taking for about six months. So it's like, I don't understand. Yeah, it doesn't compute, doesn't it? It's like, hang on a minute. I did every, I was doing and, and they also don't understand because they're also saying, we don't get it. You're very well. You're very fit. And, you know, that's the other thing. Like, I can make this joke and people say, you look really well. And say, yeah, that's what someone with cancer looks like. Like, I don't, so it's very, it's a very strange thing that something's going on in your body. And that's what the CT scan just 
you know, it was, it's like holding up a mirror to like what's really happening. And yeah, all of that, the reality of it sinking in. Is that, is that the kind of moment that you were like, okay, this is, this is, this is happening. Yeah. And, but you know what? I kind of knew. Okay. I just kind of knew. I just felt, I just felt like there was stuff going on. And and still in that meeting, you know, there weren't answers. There wasn't a treatment plan. And it felt quite morbid, really, if I'm really honest with you. It felt pretty morbid. And then Dinch and I left, and he's been amazing, and he updates everyone, and I kind of either can or can't speak to people. And then, you know, we're sort of out for dinner, and I'm like, this is the good bit. Like, mm-hmm. I'm out. We're out. You know, this is like the good bit. Let's enjoy it. Woo-hoo. I've been very lucky because my house is still being renovated. I've been able to come away and be in the new forest where my mum is. And it's just very special to be here and be away from London and be away from, you know. So it's been your sanctuary and your bolt hole, hasn't it? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I miss home now because it's been like over a week and I've been living out of a bag, but I can't go back till everything's finished. You don't want to be in a building, so it's the last thing you need. Yeah, yeah. So that was Friday, and then my brother flew over from San Diego. Again, when he booked his flight, I thought, God, that's a bit serious. You know, it's that thing of, you know, what is someone serious? Like, how people react to me, it it can feel quite overwhelming. But for them, it's just, of course, he's going to get on a flight. Yeah, of course, he's your brother. He's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really nice that he came. Then what I've been waiting on was the doctor said, look, I'll call you on Tuesday. I'm going to have more meetings and call me last night. And again, it's just this panic, a bit like it was with IVF. You know, you know, you're waiting for a phone call. It could be good news. It could be bad news. There's absolutely no, nothing you can do. It was funny. I had this sort of sense that like he was all riled up from his meeting where they were so sort of caught up in my case because I have a very, very rare type of thyroid cancer. So what is it? What what type of cancer is it? What's it? What is the cancer? So this is a papillary type of thyroid cancer. Okay. It's advanced and it's aggressive. Okay. They are pretty confident, but they don't have the final piece of the jigsaw puzzle, but the pathologists are pretty confident that if there's anything going on in my lungs, it's the same thing. Okay. What you don't want is two different types it's of cancer. It's, it's, yeah. They are talking about an oncologist at the Royal Marsden, which is, you know, a notch up and like the best of the best, which I'm happy with that option of getting treatment. So the first step would be chemotherapy, immunotherapy, which, to be honest, I don't really know what they are. Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, I know that chemotherapy obviously like wipes out your immune system and rebuilds it. Yeah. Um, that's going back to this meditation. That's kind of what it's saying. Like you're getting rid of all the bad cells. You're getting all the good cells coming in. Um, so I think that they want to basically just do whatever they can to shrink what's going on. And, you know, I just have to trust and believe that like my body works in amazing ways and that like I have the ability to do something amazing here and to prove to them all that like, this is, this is the way to go. I mean, and it's funny, like on the one hand, I feel like, Oh my God, all the attention, all the attention. And by the way, like I've, I've, I've just become the biggest egomaniac these last few weeks. because all, Every conversation. Oh, so. Why, why do you say that? Why do you say that? Because every conversation is about me. I think Katie, there's a time to pull focus. It's now, I think like, 
I think that's been everyone's tough. talking about me and it's like I you know I'm sharing everything I'm feeling and everything like you know with my mom if she when she's here or whoever's around um not asking anyone what's going on in their lives I mean I quite like a bit of mundane chit chat you know I like to know what's going on in other people's yeah. lives but, yeah, but this is this is become this is... quite egotistical of course, but this is major this is so I'm not you know don't don't think that is a bad thing I think it's a really good thing I think because, because right. it, I think it means you get to set the agenda and I think that's really important you know yeah I mean I, what it what it means is that I like to think that yeah all these doctors are gathering around and getting very excited and thinking about me and and I suppose you know of course my mind is like all right I know they're going to throw everything at it um but do they know what they're doing they haven't really done this before you know but then I don't really understand treatment for cancer like do they because you know he even said look we, we're looking at your DNA with those biopsies we're looking at and I actually sent him all my records from my fertility clinic because I said look there might be stuff in there that's it could be still you know I don't know um so yeah they're getting a whole sense of me through like these cells that they've taken from me which is just mm-hmm. so bizarre just mad you know but I must have I must have had these egg retrievals with IVF when I had cancer because I'm sure in November I had it yeah and that's a whole other thing you know I've got to I said to the clinic just I've got one embryo keep it really safe keep it really safe yeah when I'm through the other side yeah um yeah, I mean, look, I feel, it's weird because I'm talking and it sounds all very, I mean, you know, can you believe this is me? I just can't even really believe it's me, Claire. No, no, I bet, I bet, I bet, I bet you can't. And even even as I'm watching you talk, I'm like, wow, you coming across very, very, very poised. Like you have it all, like you have it all together. Like it feels very, um, you're very, cl- you're, you're, you're very clear. You're very frank. You're able to dis- discuss it you know, fully without holding back any details. And it's just, it's quite impressive to be sat on the other side of it. But I know you must have moments where you don't, where you don't feel like that, big moments where you don't feel like that, where it doesn't all feel coherent. And Definitely. And I think, you know, I'm someone who in the morning, I am up 7, 7.30, I'm up, I'm out of the bed, I'm with the dog, I'm walking, I'm having my coffee. You know, I'm so active in the morning. But what I've found with this, just didn't want to get out of bed yeah you know and just but I think that's fine like I think I've just I had to give myself whatever time I needed I mean Dinch said to me at one point look if you need to rest go to bed and rest but if you're in bed because you don't want to face the world go out go out you know he he's been amazing I think you know obviously I feel I feel so heartbroken for him you know it's like that's I feel sad for other people's sadness around this because I know how I would feel if it was him, yeah. if it was my best friend, or if it was, yeah. you know. And it's just very sad to think that that they're going to go through this and see this, you know. Um, but I feel incredibly supported. I have to say, I do. I feel incredibly supported and loved. And, you know, I don't, I feel like every one of my friends and every one of my family are genuinely there and I can call on anyone. You know, yeah. I don't have any issue. But you know that, you know that the love is there for you. 100%. And if I ask anyone for anything, I feel like they would do it. Yeah. You know, so that's... But, you know, it's interesting because it's like... 
listen, you know, there's also triggers. My dad, my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and I was told that that was going to get him in the end. Um, he lived for three years and he had treatment. So that's my experience of cancer, you yeah. know, is terminal cancer um, ending in death, suffering and death. So again, I have to detach myself from that. That's not your story. Yeah, that's quite, you know, and that's really hard. Yeah. Just to to kind of like trust that this will be something that I will just get through and look back on, you know, and say, fuck, that was a really hard time in my life, you know, but that's just what I've got to do. And and do you know when you start your treatment? Do you have any dates? So the final, the final piece to the puzzle is this lung biopsy. Okay. Should have that result in a couple of days. And then if, if, if they're right about the diagnosis, I kind of hope they are because I just don't want any, any more complications, then I think they'll, they'll get me started pretty quickly um, with treatment uh, the Royal Marsden. And I, and I assume, you know, I'll go in and, and start on chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. They, haven't, they haven't given me a firm treatment plan. I, I know in the background they're putting it together. Okay. But I think they just need to wait to see where, where everything lands. So, so, you, so you're waiting for like one more bit of one more test, one more test result to come through, and then you'll know what your what your roadmap is. Exactly. Yeah. Gosh, I guess you're not working at the moment, are you? So I feel again, you know, so lucky that I've got an amazing, amazing number two. Yeah. Who is just he's a good and he's yeah. a real good and. And he is running with everything and just doing it all. And, you know, 20 years in the business means that when I phone clients and tell them, like, they genuinely care because it's me. Yeah. And they genuinely want to offer their support and they don't have any concerns about the work, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's thanks to Tom and having built long-term relationships. So again, like thanks to COVID, I've downsized, mm-hmm. got a smaller team, I don't have an office. Um, and we, you know, Tom's been very flexible with his working. So yeah, I think um you're supported there as well. You've got like, very, very well supported. The right, there. Right, yeah. right team and the right um yeah. Very lucky for that. Yeah. Yeah. So um I'm letting him, you know, lead the way with it and then every few days I just check in and we have a little catch up which is nice and um yes again it's another distraction to talk about work um so that feels good and um yeah and how are you how are your energy how are you feeling because I know you said you don't you don't feel you don't feel ill how are you you, how are your energy yeah I mean I'm back to my normal sleep pattern, which is like bed at 10, 10.30, up around half seven or eight. Um, This morning I went and walked five and a half thousand steps, six, six thousand steps in the rain. And I think it, like I said, it's very hard to differentiate between physical and emotional energy. Um, And I think, you know, there are times where I feel very overwhelmed. I can just be sitting at, in a cafe or you know walking on the street and I realized okay this is what I'm going through and I need to take some deep breaths and maybe have a rest so you know my friend always said to me she has a 20 minute nap every afternoon and that is medicine that's just medicine for her body yeah 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 so you know I'm very happy having a little sleep in the afternoon um yeah but I don't 
I don't feel ill. I think I just feel like I want to start getting this fixed now. Yeah, well, yeah. You want to start. Yeah, you want I'm to ready to get going. And this coughing that I've had, you know, it's just gone on for so so long. And I and I think about the fact that oh my God, my body is like coughing all the time. I mean, it's just I haven't coughed on this really, but you know, it's just yeah, it's pretty horrible. And like going to bed, it's like that's when it starts when you lie down. When you lie down. Yeah. yeah. I actually. The nurse said to buy a nebulizer, which I've done. Um, and she said, honestly, steaming over boiling water. And that has really helped just to kind of like help with the mucus a bit. My mum keeps saying, why are you coughing all the time? Because I've got cancer, mum. <laughs> has, has the doctor told you why? Why it is? And that's the other thing as well, like. Yeah, my mum's lines are just brilliant. I mean, one of the one of the first one, the first thing people do is they want to share a positive cancer story. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, what are you? Yeah, go on. The first yeah. one that she shared was Auntie Faye got a swollen thumb, and because of the swollen thumb, they discovered she had lung cancer. They took half the lung out, and she lived till eighty nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's got one. Um, so it's so brilliant it's so brilliant I mean she are those things helpful to hear or are you just kind of like I'm sorry you know what thanks but no thanks well look I mean I I I definitely it's really interesting when my people used to ask my dad how he was he would say well apart from the cancer I'm fine and I I would kind of feel like okay dad like you're trying to be funny it's a bit uncomfortable but I understand because actually you don't know how, how you're supposed to talk about it and react. And like, you know, you've got to bring some humour into it. I mean, you have to. Like my brother said, Kate, you know, you've lost so much weight. And I said, I've got this amazing diet. Like if anyone asks, just tell them to come to me, get cancer and you lose loads of weight. And it's brilliant. It's unbelievable. Because you know what? Like, yeah. yeah. So I think that, yeah, you, you know, you kind of got to, I think you've got to laugh. And it's important. It is important. It is important. And, you know, the other thing is like, you know, it's really hard, like, for other people to know what to say. And I would say, ask the person what you want, what they want you to say. And it's very simple. It's just, I just want some reassurance. And I would just want you to tell me everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I believe that everything is going to be fine. Thanks, Claire. I believe that. To To the soles of my feet throughout my entire body. I believe you're going to be fine. I mean, I do think about all the people that are saying, I'm thinking of you and I'm praying for you and I'm thinking of you. And I think, wow, like that as an energy field is pretty amazing, actually. There's got to be some power in that. I, mean, I, did, I did a full body dance for you at Five Rhythms oh. um, on Sunday. So yeah, you had uh, you had probably 15 minutes of dedicated dedicated prayer dancing. So. I love that. I love that you still do five rhythms. That's the one thing I could just never do. There's still time, Katie. There's still time. There's You're still right. time. There's still time. And, and in, in the immediate term, what's next on the what's next? Um, well, in the next few days, we should get the bronchoscopy yep. results. Yeah. And, you know, what I would hope is that once that final piece is put into the puzzle, they will refer me to this oncologist at the Royal Marsden and, and start start me on the treatment. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. So it could be really quick once you've got the... Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I hope next week I'm in the hospital, to be honest. 
And what are you, and you're not going to be at home. You're going to be, where are you going to be? I don't know. I mean, I think generally you, you go in every day, don't you? And yeah, I think so. I think so. Or every other day. I don't. Yeah. Um, which is fine if my house was finished. I was going to say, this is, this, yeah. It won't be finished till Wednesday. Oh my God. Okay. So, okay. So, you know, if. Have you had to put a rocket? Have you had to put a rocket under the builders? Yeah, the builders. That's a whole other story. We should we do a separate podcast on that? On how <laughs> to never live in your house when you're renovating it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Never do it. And I think also, you know, the interesting thing for me is like, <clears throat> you know, I know how to make complaints. Yeah. I always want to be liked and do it nicely. But the work that they left, just I didn't really need to spell it out it was just such a bad way to leave a job and they know what I'm going through as well and um anyway I've kicked some ass and I've got got that all going so yeah okay well whenever I whenever I have to think about the most assertive person in my life it's always you I'm like what would Katie Phillips do in this situation and I try and like try and draw in some Katie Phillips. Oh, I never crack it, but um, but you're my inspiration for being um, firm, firm and assertive, firm, pragmatic and assertive, direct and direct. You, but yeah, but I think this. I think being as frank and direct and as and as willing to be open as you are stands you in really good stead for all of this because you're willing. You're willing to share it. You know how to ask for what you need. Um, yeah and like I say with the fertility journey you know I realized I had to take ownership of what I was going through and if I didn't inform myself and ask the right questions um you know that's the funny thing about the medical world you put so much trust in these doctors that like you know you kind of forget that there's, there's there's like questions to be asked and there's you know you need to navigate through understanding why they come to the decision they do and sometimes I'd ask a question with fertility and he would very openly say oh that's that's quite a good point you know just because I think they can be so absorbed in what they're doing and if you can bring a different perspective even if you're not an expert yeah um, and I think that's the thing. What I want to understand with the treatment plan is why they're doing it in the order that they are. Why that? Why that specific regimen? Why? Why have they chosen that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tune in next week to find out. Tune in next week, <laughs> Cliff, Cliff, yeah. Cliffhanger. Um, well, I don't know if there's anything else I wanted to. I wanted. I wanted to cover off. I think that's it. Yeah, and just look after yourself, my lovely. Okay. Yeah, look after you. Is Monty with you? He sure is. Aren't you, Monty? Did you know we were talking about you? Yeah, he's chilling on the couch. Oh, bless. I know, he's very aware something's not right. Is he giving you lots of love? Yeah, we did actually have a little a little snuggle this afternoon when I had a sleep. Very sweet. Yeah. All right, my love. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. You know where I am if you need anything or if I can do anything else. All right, will do. I love you. Lots of love, darling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's Talking With Cancer. Feel free to share the show or give us a review on Apple's podcast, Spotify or Google. It could help other people find out about us and might help someone you don't know who's got questions about cancer. 
please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Either via our Instagram, which is talking underscore with cancer, or you can email us hello at talkingwithcancer.com. See you next time. Bye. Bye.